Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. I am the best in the world at what I do. Give me the microphone and go away. The best in pro wrestling talk. And that's the bottom line. This right here is the future of wrestling. And it begins now. Can you dig it? No idea what caused this. Almost looks like one of those planned implosions. As if a demolition team set off, when you see the old demolitions of these old buildings, it pulls it down on itself and it is not there anymore. These acts of mass murder were intended to frighten our nation into chaos and retreat. But they have failed. Our country is strong. Terrorist attacks can shake the foundations of our biggest buildings, but they cannot touch the foundation of America. Something tonight. 
but I feel damn proud to be an American. Everyone, thank you for tuning into the Ken Reedy Show. It's a little something for all the veterans out there, all you guys who have served this country honorably and proudly. Thank you so much for your service, and all you guys who are out overseas uh, serving this country, giving us the freedom that uh, you know we just have each and every day here. Thank you so much. Be sure to get home safely. Happy Veterans Day to everyone out there. You have tuned into the Ken Reedy Show. The best in pro wrestling talk thank you so much for tuning in be sure to check out our facebook facebook.com slash the ken reedy show you want to go over there right now we got a show chat going on there so you know maybe you're a little bit too shy to call in uh you can get over on the facebook you know give us your opinions on things jump on the chat got a lot of wacky characters love to write stuff over there on the chat so facebook.com slash the ken reedy show at the ken reedy show is our handle on twitter and as always, our website, thekenreedyshow.com. Info about the show, upcoming events, blogs, all sorts of stuff on the website. So be sure to check out thekenreedyshow.com. And we are set to get underway here on a Veterans Day edition of the Ken Reedy Show. Monday Night Raw coming up shortly in a little over an hour. As always, to dissect everything that's going on in the world of pro wrestling, my tag team partner, Dave, on the line. Dave, how are you doing this evening? Yes, I do dissect a lot of pro wrestling, but I would also like to start this off by saying that I, too, would like to wish a happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there, that men and women that have served our country over the years and continue to serve our country over the years, um, overseas, here in the States. Your, your, your work is Greatly appreciate amongst myself and I'm sure the rest of the Ken Reedy Show. Thank you very much. And on that note, let's dissect some professional wrestling because i got a lot to say tonight. Holy cow. Again, you know, there winds up being so many things going on in pro wrestling off of what's going on on TV. So we'll try and get into all the stuff that's going on, lots of stuff behind the scenes. Uh, You know, we're going to get into Raw a little later on. Rumors circulating, Daniel Bryan moving to the, the mid-card, ooh, and the IWC weeps. We will get right into that a little later on. First off, the big news to uh, happen this, this weekend was the incredible job HOH has done. Uh, that's House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer's uh, new promotion. This is their third event, their second one in Poughkeepsie, and they are starting a tie-in uh, with TNA. This, to me, looks like something that could be mutually advantageous uh, to both companies. Um, Bully Ray, those of you who don't know what happened, Bully Ray showed up out of nowhere, beat the holy hell out of Terry Funk and Tommy Dreamer, and then challenged Dreamer to a match at TNA's pay-per-view event, uh, One Night Only, uh, in Poughkeepsie on December 30th. So I, I think it's going to maybe throw some more eyes over at HOH. It's, it's gonna, I think it's going to help TNA with their live shows. Uh, a lot of good coming out of that, Dave. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
TNA has been trying some new things lately, and uh, one of them being that, you know, all-access kind of uh, footage everywhere that you see. And, you know, Saturday night, you know, this wrestling fan over here, I was pretty tired. I was trying to catch up on some wrestling, and I fell asleep early. I woke up the next morning and checked, you know, some, some news on my phone, and all of a sudden I find out Bully Ray invaded the Poughkeepsie show, the, the, the House of Hardcore. And Dreamer's always had some, some pretty cool surprises in the past. You know, the last House of Hardcore show, Ken, you were at, X-Pac um, made a surprise appearance and got involved, which set up the main event for – you know, Saturday night's House of Hardcore match. So he's always got something up his sleeve. From what I've read, he was secretly brought in there. Nobody knew. Ken, you probably know because you were at the show. You were working the show. Um, I think it's good for both brands. I think, you know, Tommy Dreamer is, is, is trying to start this promotion from the ground up, and he's not trying to get too fast and too ahead of himself, and he's doing things the right way from what I've been hearing through some people in the business. Um, TNA is trying to do something different to get noticed, and I think tying in this all-access where the cameras are everywhere and, you know, Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore, let's face it, TNA has, not, has run some shows in Poughkeepsie, New York, and they've not done very well in Poughkeepsie. And Tommy Dreamer has practically almost sold out that building um, in Poughkeepsie on, multi, on you know, the past two occasions with House of Hardcore. So kind of having a working relationship with TNA, promoting House of Hardcore, House of Hardcore you know, being tied in with TNA kind of works for both parties. Dreamer gets some more exposure on a national level. And... TNA gets some, you know, exposure with the House of Hardcore brand and their fans and their audience. And maybe some people will jump over to watch some of the TNA product that seems to be, you know, not watchable these days amongst most wrestling fans. So I think it's a good relationship for both. Bully Ray's got a history with all those guys being a part of the original ECW. Um, from the report I read, and Ken, you could probably confirm this, but um, him and Devon kind of reunited for a little bit, and they got involved, and then the Sandman made a return, and the place popped, I heard, and the, 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 the show-closing angle was that, you know, Baba and Devon or Bully and Devon kind of took over and held the roster uh, hostage when they beat up Dreamer and Funk and Sandman. Um, but the TNA video that I saw that showed Bully get involved didn't have any footage of Devon in it. So I wonder if maybe we'll see Devon come back for this angle for a short period of time or if this is just a one-time thing. Um, I, I, personally, I think it's, it's going to be a one-time thing for now, and then if there's some success from it, it's a wait-and-see kind of process. Because TNA is filming – one of their one-night-only pay-per-views outside of Orlando at the Impact Zone in Poughkeepsie, and they've got somewhat of a hardcore kind of theme to it for that pay-per-view. So I think it's perfect that they're branding with House of Hardcore. I wouldn't be surprised if most of Dreamer's guys from House of Hardcore are involved in this TNA one-night-only pay-per-view. Um, they announced Bobby Roode and James Storm in a last-man-standing match for that pay-per-view taping um, on December 30th. So... I think it's going to work out on all ends for both parties. Like I said, a one-time deal, and then they just see where it goes from there. Dreamer's not signed to a TNA deal. He's doing his own thing from what I'm reading. So uh, I like the idea. I thought it was cool. It, it, it got people a buzz, and it got people at least looking at what TNA could possibly be doing in the future. And it's something different. And it's not TNA trying to copy the WWE like most people blame them for. And I think this is a good thing for everybody involved, bottom line. Yeah, it was great. I mean, there's so many things to discuss with this. Um, you know, the, the Devon thing, yeah, it was Bully Ray came down, and, and it, it was pretty amazing. I mean, they did do a good job. I was working the show. I was working the merchandise stand. 
Um, so I, I was around. I was there early. You know, saw a lot of the talent milling around. Uh, you know, cameraman Carlos, a good friend of the show, good friend of mine. Uh, he was there. He was filming ringside. He was in the back constantly. You know, I talked to him after the show. None of us had any clue that Bully Ray was was there. And and to be honest, like it, you know, him being part of TNA, you know, it's just farthest from my mind that that he could actually show up. The last show in Philadelphia when X Pac showed up, it was cool. It was a surprise. But yeah, he, he was a guy that that wasn't currently on TV. Not that. It, it was expected, but he would be in the handful of guys out there if you're going to make a splash with someone. That it makes sense. You could bring in an X-Pac. So a guy like Bully Ray, definitely far from my mind. Um, you know, every show, and the, the House of Hardcore shows have been really well done. If you haven't seen one of them, get out to them. I will say this. The show as a whole, I'd probably put Saturday's show in third place. Still a good show. But I just thought the other two shows were better than, than this show. Um, good matches, solid matches. There was not a clunker on the card. Uh, there were just more wow factors in the other two House of Hardcores. Good show nonetheless. Um, each one of his House of Hardcores ends usually with Dreamer grabbing the mic and uh, saying, you know, thanks for coming. This means a lot to me, you know. We, you guys are all supporting us. We're definitely going to do another one of these. Thank you so much. It's a heartfelt thank you. Uh, this past Saturday, uh, it was going to be the last time Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk uh, were, were going to be teaming together. Um, so they started in. The match was over with that feel-good moment. Um, you know, them talking in the ring. Thank you for coming. A love fest between Funk and Dreamer. So it, it's you're just... Standing there, I'm standing at the merch table. I'm watching this. I'm thinking the show's over, you know. It, it's and I'm waiting. I'm looking like when we got to pack up the the extra shirts. What are we gonna do now, you know? And I'm watching. There, there's like three rows next to me. Well, I would bet that, that they were virtually empty. I mean, there was a ton of empty seats. There, there are wrestling fans out there that popped on their computer on Sunday morning and were kicking themselves for trying to get out of the arena early. Um, so for all, it's like the show is ending. We're waiting for like the house lights to come up and it actually, it was so shocking. It took me a minute to actually believe that it was Bully Ray. I mean, he slid into the ring. He stood up, you know, he had the, the hat on the, the ace and eights vest and and I'm just, wait, what? No, no, no. And I'm thinking, it's got to be someone else. Like, it couldn't be Bully Ray. And, and sure enough, it was him. He, he lays the beat down on Funk and Dreamer. Uh, with that, you know, at some point, he grabs the mic and says, you know, there's no one that can stop me. No one can do anything to me. And as he's saying that, Devon's music hits. The crowd pops. And then Devon comes in and, and joins his brother. So uh, the Dudleys were reunited uh, for a bit at the end of uh, House of Hardcore. Does this mean Devon is, is uh, going to be coming back to TNA or what his contract says? I, I have no idea. But, uh, you know, not showing him on TNA's footage, you know, who knows where that part of the storyline is going to go. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I just thought it was, it was brilliantly done. Uh, when he challenged Dreamer for a match, I was like, oh, my God, a, a crossover kind of feel. Um, it, it was just a tremendous way to end the show. So as much as I, I would say it was probably in third place as far as the show overall, it had the best ending 
uh, out of all the shows. And it, it definitely was something shocking, something that, you know, you never know when you're watching. You know, every so often you have those moments where you're watching something, you're like, I just saw something big, like this is going to blow up. And that was one of those moments for me. They're like, this is going to be all over the Internet. This is huge that HOH is crossing over with TNA. So uh, definitely a cool moment. It, it was cool to be there. I got to say, on a side note, just being involved with uh, HOH and, and, you know, getting to be in the back and everything. When the show was over, uh, I was in the back. Uh, Bully Ray was back there. And then that guy, is a, he's a mountain. I mean, you stand next to him. He's an absolute mountain. You know, just, just said hello, did, did the polite, you know, don't be a mark. Don't be a mark. Don't be a mark. Just said, hey, yeah, hey. And, you know, it's like you, you see these guys. You just like, be cool. Just be cool. Like, hey, yeah. What's up? Good show. You know, and like and on the inside, I'm like, that's so cool. It's Bully Ray. Um, <laughs> but I, I actually a, a very cool moment backstage, and it's it's cool to see like just these guys and and how much uh, respect like they all have for each other and for the business. And uh, Bully Ray actually brought Terry Funk's biography. Uh, with him and Funk was sitting there at, at the table and Bully Ray came over and asked Funk for an autograph asked if he would sign the book and uh, you know of course Terry was like oh of course no problem and sat there and uh, you know wrote a, a long passage uh, inside the book and signed it and as I mean if you can imagine Bully Ray who is at least I don't even know what his build weight is but standing close to him he's at least six three six four and like 270, I mean, just an absolute mountain. You see his character on TV. Funk is signing his book, and Bully Ray is becoming a child. He's got a big smile on his face. He's actually giggling and jumping up and down as Funk is writing in the book. So it was a, really, it was a very cool moment to see between, uh, you know, a legend and a star, uh, just, just being people in the back. So, you know, that was really cool. And that's just a side note. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm curious how far they're going to go with this. I think this could be something very, very good for TNA. And, and you said it, Dave. It's something different. And that's what TNA needs to strive for. Don't, don't try to be the WWE. Don't try to compete on the WWE's level. But try and compete in a way by being different. I hope this means we'll see more stuff like this. I think TNA... You know, we, we talk about the indie scene right now in wrestling. Essentially, it's, it's the modern-day territories. And TNA could use the big independents as, as their territories and come around, and I think it works for the, the independent promotions, and it works for TNA. You know, we know some big independent promotions in this area, uh, NEW, uh, PWS. You know, AJ Styles is floating out there with the TNA Heavyweight Championship. Uh, does he, do they start utilizing these these indie promotions and have uh, some TNA guys going to these promotions? And, you know, PWS, we've been to PWS shows. They'll, they can draw like 1,500, 2,000 people. You bring some TNA guys and do like a TNA PWS event. And those are just indie, indie promotions in this area. If you start, If TNA starts to look at across the country and when they go out on the road, to try and tie into other independent promotions, I think it could be a very shrewd business maneuver on TNA's part. As of now, we're looking at it. It looks like it's a one-time deal. Maybe they're feeling it out and see how this goes with HOH. But for wrestling fans, uh, I think it's, it's a great thing. I think, you know, even just 
regardless of the pay-per-view or not, it, it, it puts TNA in the news. It's on the tip of the tongues of every wrestling fan out there. And on top of everything, I mean, now people are, are looking at HOH. Uh, you know, people would probably – I know people that I was talking to on, online today that just based on what happened on Saturday night, they're saying, I got to get tickets for the next HOH. And the pay, like, TNA's pay-per-view could blow chunks. They could, it, we all know it's well within reason that they could drop the ball on this. But based on just what happened on Saturday, people are like, i, I got to go to the next a- HOH show. So it's good for HOH. It's good for TNA. I, I just, it, it, was, it was just great all around. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to see where this is going to go. Um, you know, what are your thoughts, Dave? Like, do, do you see this like, becoming uh, 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 something that TNA could do on a larger scale? Yeah, yeah, I do see that. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, you know, Northeast Wrestling that runs a lot of Connecticut, New York, um, and even some, you know, Pennsylvania towns, um, I, I've been to quite a few of their shows. They do have TNA talent. The last show I went to, they had um, TNA's uh, Velvet Sky and Joseph Park at their show. Um, the deal that TNA has with talent on the indie scene is that talent can be used at indie shows, however, if the show is going to be filmed for a DVD or for an Internet pay-per-view, then they are not allowed on that show. And that seems to be the problem with some of the TNA talent now, right now, is that they're looking for a lot of work on the indie scene because there aren't too many live events and very limited television tapings now because they're restructuring their schedule on the road. And the next big tour I believe they have is that one-night-only pay-per-view at the end of the year, and then I think they go to the U.K. for a couple of weeks um, in January. Um, but they don't have a whole lot of shows lined up. So it's, TNA Talent is looking for work right now, but the problem is it's very limited because of the rules and the, and the structure that TNA has. I think with this Bully Ray thing, they may have opened the doors up a little bit for more TNA Talent to work on the indie scene and to do stuff like this that Bully Ray did. And I think it would be beneficial for Northeast Wrestling in a lot of ways if they brought in TNA talent. Let's just say for argument's sake, they brought in um, Daniels and Kazarian. And Daniels and Kazarian ran an angle at that show. Not only does Northeast Wrestling get exposure because they're on the TNA, you know, all access, camera goes everywhere, you know, concept, and people will get to go to their show. You know, Mike Tanay can go on Thursday night and say, check out the footage on TNAWrestling.com of Christopher Daniels and Kazarian attacking Joseph Park at the Torrington, in Torrington, Connecticut, at the Northeast Wrestling Show. I mean, it, it does, it helps out, you know, for all parties. It's just, it's, I mean, we've seen a lot in, in, in wrestling over the years, organizations, especially in the ladies, that would try to merge and come together. I mean, the AWA tried to do it with World Class. The NWA tried to do it with the AWA, Crockett Promotions, and, and uh, Bill Watts' uh, UWF at one time, Mid-South. A lot of groups try and merge, and there's a lot of egos involved. So I think you kind of, this is a kind of a, a, a touch-and-go kind of thing. But for the indie promotions, I think it would be beneficial, you know, if TNA kind of, pulled the reins back a little bit and said, okay, we're going to give you, you know, talent X, Y, and Z, and we're going to film something with them and an angle on your show and we'll, you know, at your show, and we'll allow you to, we'll give you exposure by being on our, you know, all-access concept and on TV by announcing your promotion as well as letting you film for your DVD release this talent 
and promote it for your DVD sales. Because that's the problem, is that the talent can't work a show if it's going to be filmed and going to be sold for DVD distribution or for the internet pay-per-view. So I think TNA's got to pull back a little bit if they want to gain something out of all this with a lot of the other indie promotions out there, like Pro Wrestling Syndicate, too. They do a lot of internet pay-per-views. As a matter of fact, I'm hearing rumors that they're going to be in New Orleans doing a couple of shows during WrestleMania weekend, like with the show that you and I went to back in Jersey. So... It's it's got to everyone's got to be happy with the, with with the results and you, it's it's a give and take concept at least in my opinion but I think it can work if everybody and all parties agree to the terms and the conditions and if it's exposure for the the young you know independent promotions the upstarts that are trying to get their name out there that's great and as long as it's gonna bottom you know impact you know impact the the bottom line of TNA so to speak no pun intended then that's great too but it's got to work for everybody. And I think the biggest gain would be for TNA and for the independent promotions if they were to do something like this. So I would be all for it. I think it would be great. Yeah, I mean, it's something that, you know, again, we and we discussed it. It's funny going back and, you know, talking about CM Punk when he left with the title. And, you know, we discussed, like, what if he showed up on an indie promotion to defend the WWE title and what if they – you know, and we we thought that you know bringing him back for SummerSlam, we get it, it makes sense. But you know, could that angle have have gone longer? It'd be interesting to see if they decide to use indies uh, to kind of get their product out there. If if you know, you see AJ Styles starting to bring that TNA title, uh, you know, claiming to be the rightful TNA champion, and and bringing it around to to independent promotions. Uh, you know, I think again, it's mutually advantageous for TNA and the indie promotion, and it, it's something that's unique and different. And like you said, Dave, you know, one of the biggest issues we've talked about with TNA, you know, you, you have, look, all companies, all wrestling companies creatively, sometimes they hit the mark, sometimes they miss. Sometimes they go through periods where everything's working, sometimes they go through periods where nothing's working. Um, you know, TNA definitely has been inconsistent creatively, and, and we've talked about it, and we've been critical um, but the one thing we really hit on on this show, and, and you had brought it up, Dave, was, you know, who's, who's doing their advertising? Who's doing their publicity? Who's, who's getting the name TNA out there? And it seems like that name is, is not getting out there, especially when they're out there doing live events. This is something that can get the name out there a little more if they utilize the independent scene. For, for wrestling fans, you know, across the country that maybe don't know about TNA or maybe they don't get TNA in their specific area. You know, go and do an independent show. It's like, yeah, there's, there's another TV show out there and we're on it. Um, you know, wrestling is definitely TNA's strong suit. They put on great matches. I think this is uh, something very unique. It's something very 2013. Um, if, and it's purely speculation on our part, but if it's something, you know, that, that's the climate of wrestling in the modern day right now. The modern day is all about, uh, you know, the, the major company, the WWE, secondary, TNA, ROH. But really, it's, it's like the WWE and the independent scene. And the independent scene is big in this country. Uh, again, it's kind of the modern day territories. So does, does TNA look to utilize it that way and go across the country? Um, you know, and if, if you do that kind of, kind of thing and maybe do it for a year or so you know maybe again building blocks and stepping stones you start getting out there you hook up with a bunch of indie promotions get your name more out there in different areas of the country 
And then maybe you can go back to going on the road on a more regular basis. Maybe the name gets out there a little more. Maybe you can beef up your ticket sales a little bit. But I, I again, kudos to Tommy Dreamer uh, for putting on a you know a great show on on Saturday night. Kudos for uh, pulling the wool over everybody's eyes and and Bully Ray showing up and and kudos to TNA for trying something different. I mean, it's with with what they're doing right now. And, and we've had a lot of negative to say about TNA over the past few months. But between what they're doing with the, the Action Never Stops videos, and uh, I'm enjoying those. There's something different. There's something unique. Again, something that's very 2013. You know, people like to pop on. They, they post a video on Facebook. Hey, let's see what's going on. Short, two-minute, 30-second videos. They could just, you know, whether it's, it's someone talking about an upcoming match or someone talking about something in their personal life. Um, but interesting stuff with that. And now, again, something new. Show up at HOH. You know, surprise everybody in the arena. Um, it, it was just tremendous. The only thing I got to say, one thing, and, and it got a pop. But, man, you know, it, it's funny. In the context of, like, if wrestling was, like, real. So here's, like, you know, Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk getting, getting beat to holy hell with a chain. With a chain by Bully Ray. Just, just. Whipped like a government mule. And Sandman's music hits. Man, that dude took forever to get to the ring. That's his gimmick, though. Dreamer are near death. It's like, oh, God, get to the ring already. That's his gimmick, though. That's what he did for years. His matches were secondary. His entrance was what everybody popped for. I, I get that. It's his gimmick. It just was like, all right, it's, you know... It's enough. I liked, actually, the second House of Hardcore. He came out in the middle of the card. The two Poughkeepsie shows were kind of the same ending where uh, Sandman came out uh, uh, at the very end of the show and uh, took care of whoever was in the ring with the kendo stick. So, uh, you know, it definitely, you know, it got a pop. It was just, it took forever for him to get there. It was like, I'll just get there already. And it's funny, man. Look, he looked bombed, and he he's just wearing, like, he wasn't even wearing a Sandman shirt. He had a polo shirt on, and... Uh, yeah, you know, they took care of business with the kendo stick. But I don't know. I guess for me... Always bombed from what I hear. What's that? He's, all, he's always bombed from what I've heard. So that's his, he lives his gimmick. He drinks beer. That's, that's his gimmick. Oh, the Sandman. 347-838-9815. Lots of crazy stuff going on with TNA, HOH. Great show this weekend. Monday Night Raw coming up tonight. Where is Daniel Bryan going? What, what's his, going to be his role in the company? Big Show moving up to main event status. And, of course, your phone calls. Anything you want to talk about, again, 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We're going to get your phone calls right after this. But now it is time for the Dave 5550 News Report. Thank you very much, Ken. This is the Day 5 News Report, only heard every Monday night at 7 o'clock here on the Ken Reedy Show. Our top story this week, the WWE is still very interested in signing both Sting, who is from TNA, and Goldberg for possible appearances at WrestleMania 30 next year. PWInsider.com reports that WWE has been looking very keenly at the possible sale of TNA and the contract status of Sting, whose deal with TNA runs out at the end of the year, allegedly. Plans for a WrestleMania 30 matchup between Goldberg and Ryback is what the company... 
Jeremy is hoping for. However, if a deal with Goldberg can't be reached, then Ryback and Big Show is the backup plan for WrestleMania 30. As far as Sting goes, if he does not re-sign with TNA and were to sign with the WWE, then a potential match with The Undertaker is in the cards. Goldberg has publicly denied on numerous occasions any talks with the WWE regarding an appearance at WrestleMania, despite his tweets uh, uh, regarding Ryback and Ryback's somewhat, I should say, character gimmick infringement of the Goldberg character. And Sting's deal may not necessarily be with TNA, but be with Panda Energy, the parent company of TNA. So if TNA were to be sold, Sting wouldn't necessarily go along with that sale. He would be with the Panda Energy company, and he would still be getting paid under their contract, similar to what happened to him when WCW was bought by the WWE and a lot of the big talent like Goldberg and Kevin Nash and Hogan and Sting did not go in the sale because they had separate contracts with AOL Time Warner. Our second story, longtime wrestling promoter Roland Alexander passed away last week at the age of 59. Alexander was the owner of All Pro Wrestling out of California and was famous for his role in the 1999 film Beyond the Mat, where he was featured training two students, one of them being 1990s indie darling Michael Modest, for tryouts with the WWE. Names such as Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, Kazarian have all at one time worked for Alexander. The Ken Reedy Show would like to send its condolences to the Alexander family for their loss. In our third story, a recent guest on our show, NWA World Heavyweight Champion Rob Conway won the NWA World Tag Team Championship last week at a New Japan Pro Wrestling show, which is notable because Conway is the first wrestler in the history of the NWA to hold both the NWA World Heavyweight Championship and the NWA World Tag Team Championships at the same time. Names such as Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Gerald Briscoe, Dory Funk, Harley Race, never, ever did that in their career. Our fourth story, the latest word, according to PW Insider in the WWE, that Rob Van Dam is expected to be back around the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. He's expected to work that pay-per-view through WrestleMania and possibly two months following that. RVD is currently working on his autobiography right now, which the WWE is not publishing. And former WWE star John Morrison will be starring in Boone, the Bounty Hunter, which comes out September 2014. Morrison plays Boone, a fame-seeking reality show bounty hunter who attempts to bring down a drug lord and his empire. If you ask me, this sounds like a cleaner version of Dog the Bounty Hunter, because I... As long as he doesn't wear, like, a bedazzled fur coat in the movie and doesn't do everything in slow-mo like his entrance in WWE, then I'll be cool with it. All right, now to the advertising. WrestlingOnFire.com, the man on the marquee, Ken Reedy, along with Ray Ray Mars, call all the action. Check out WrestlingOnFire.com for the latest episode. And every week I say the same thing over and over again about these guys, but check them out. They're the real deal. They're crazy, but they're the real deal. Season 9 of The Gun Show, YouTube slash Gun Show Web TV. 
And my favorite place to go when I need my wrestling fix, Ken's Cards and Collectibles, 27 Mill Street, Berlin, Connecticut. The best in NBA, MLB, NFL, NHL, and professional wrestling memorabilia. He buys, sells, and trades. He's got WWE, WCW, TNA, ECW, toys, cards, 8x10s, DVDs, anything wrestling, he's got it. Go like Ken's Cards and Collectibles on Facebook. And there you have it, because I'm out of breath. That was the Day 5 News Report, only heard here on the Ken Reedy Show every Monday night at the top of the hour. Ken, back to you. Good stuff, Dave. Lots of crazy stuff going on in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, news coming out, and we're going to go out on right away. Want to talk some preview raw stuff, by all means. Reaction to HOH, TNN, anything you guys want to talk about, 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We're going to go out to the phone. On the line, Tony. How you doing tonight? Ah, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, I was up to. Um, Stick with House of Hardcore because I was there too. Uh, you know, I was. That uh, was that was a great show. I, the the end was really awesome. You know, I, I you know like like you were saying, I. Totally, I totally didn't see Bully Ray coming in. Uh, at the end there, that was a really great, a really great moment at the end of the show. I um, and that that was just great. Um, I don't know, but I I also got to go in the uh, in the ring when Dreamer and Terry Funk were doing the, the pictures and the autographs, and uh, I got I, you know I went in there. It was all just for you know like a picture or uh, with both of them and an autograph with of uh, Terry Funk for just twenty bucks. So I got to get my picture taken with both of them. Uh, you know it was it was great stuff. You know I was backstage. I saw Kevin Steen. I saw I took a picture with Million Dollar Man. Uh, yeah, and it was it was a really great experience. So you know, it was, and and the show was the show was great too. You know, I loved the, the match. Um, the match I think stole the show was the, the the one just before the main event. The um, it was Sonny East, Alex Reynolds, and Petey Williams, and there was a lot of crazy spots in there. That Petey Williams, I, I don't know if you, well, you saw it because you were there, but you know he did the Canadian Destroyer on Alex Reynolds off the off the top rope. That was a crazy spot. That was a crazy spot, and then uh, Nice hit hit, hit Petey Williams with the 450 splash. Yeah. That was amazing. I mean, it, it's amazing, you know, Tony Nese, anywhere on the card, there's a good possibility he's going to steal the show. Um, I'm curious your thoughts, Tony, because I, I thought the show was really good. For, first off, I'd like to ask you, did you see, because I couldn't even, from where I was, I couldn't even tell where Bully Ray came from. Did you see where exactly he came out of? No, I couldn't see either. But look, he, he might have come out from under the ring. I have no idea. I, I, I couldn't tell, but he was he was like, it was. I was sitting right there when when he came out because you know, he came in in the ring where I happened to be sitting. But uh, you know, I I, I did, totally didn't see it coming at all. Uh, but it was no. just like. So it, even the whole thing what they're doing, you know, like doing cross promotion with TNA for their one night only pay per views or whatever. I mean, you know, it's, I, you know, if it, you know, I think you know that'll, that'll think it definitely you know, be, you know be good for TNA and uh, and for. For her H O H or whatever independent team, they wants to uh, do do some cross promotions with, you know, cross promoting with. Um, you know the uh, well, oh my god, what else was I? Oh, yeah, they had the Extreme Rumble. I thought that was, that that's right a little, a little bit. You know, I mean, the best part was Guido and Danny Doring and Tony DeVito in there. Cause, uh, you know, and um, there was supposed to be like fifteen guys, but I think they were like thirty. But uh, you know, it's funny because. Like I said before, I'd probably rank this show third out of the three, and, and I'd probably place blame be, because of the Battle Royal. I agree with you. The whole Guido uh, you know, segment, I thought that was cool. And it was a lot of fun. Um, 
and that kind of added life to the match, but it, it did drag on for a little too long. And I felt like the the first couple matches were real good, and you know, the, and then after the battle royal, they, they, it's almost like the matches kept getting better and better. But uh, yeah, I, I wasn't crazy about the battle royal. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was all right for what it was, but you know, I just thought, yeah, I guess I thought it dragged, you know, dragged a bit, and I didn't know who most of the guys were, so. But uh, as, as far as like Sandman's entrance, you know, yeah, I, the, uh, that whole thing is, is it, you know, that, that's his big, his big stick, you know, it's always, been, it's always been, and uh, I, you probably couldn't see it from where he was sitting, but as he, you know, he was walking on the actual chairs, on the chairs, you know, you probably saw him. He, he actually, he actually got caught in one of them on the way, so it took a little bit longer. They had that security had to get a, had to uh, get his foot out of there. Uh, but yeah, at some point it looked like he had kind yeah, of. So, yeah, so I, he probably was plastered. <laughs> yeah, it was good. You know, I, yeah, yeah. A little bit over the whole Sandman thing, but yeah, it was like, oh god, just get to the ring. <laughs> like, you have to pop. I know. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with what you were saying. You know, so yeah, it's, it, it is kind of a bit. Of, you know, it is a little on um, the unrealistic side when you have like, you know, like when you get the W's beaten down, like Dreamer and Funk, or even like when you did it back in ECW. You know, when the heels would be beaten up on the Tommy Dreamer or whoever, and he would take his sweet ass time getting in the ring. It's you know doing all that, you know, doing this whole stick. But it was, it was, uh, you know. But you know, like like you know, that's that's been his character, and you know, from what from what I've actually you know, that's I I heard an interview with like Jerry Lynn a long time ago, uh, and he actually said that the Sandman is not a gimmick. That's not a gimmick. That's him. <laughs> he just walks around getting drunk, hitting people with kendo sticks. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about the hitting people with the kendo sticks part, but he's probably always he's probably always hammered. But uh, yeah, so but uh, so yeah, it was a good show. I actually did see him backstage, so I knew he was going to be, so I knew he was going to come out at the end. Because when I was backstage, you know, looking around, it was, oh, my God, you know. It was a madhouse backstage, actually. There was a lot of people back there, you know, like a lot of fans back there. So I got to, you know, I, just, I met Kevin Steen from Ring of Honor, which was which was cool. You know, I got a free picture for, uh, picture with him. And, uh, you know, it was, it was all, all of it was, it was a great show, you know. And was, you know no, I mean, it's I'll definitely, definitely be going to the next one, the next one that they have up there. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it seems like they might be, because Tommy Dreamer, it, it was weird, because he said, like, you know, I think, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's like, we'll be back for HOH 5. Yeah, and I caught that, too. Is he miscounting? Is he a little punch drunk after the match? Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, he was, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe there's going to be a fourth one, and it'd be like, maybe they'll be okay. or whatever, I don't know. I, think I, I, was, I was just reading that they plan on doing a fourth House of Hardcore. They don't have a location yet, but a fourth House of Hardcore sometime in the first quarter of 2014. So in between January and April, we should expect another House of Hardcore. I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest with you, if because you know the first quarter of the year is WrestleMania season, I wouldn't be surprised if House of Hardcore was done somewhere in New Orleans. I know that's not a big... ECW kind of town, but with all the wrestling fans in that city for WrestleMania weekend, it wouldn't surprise me if Dreamer ran down there in New Orleans somewhere. I could see, yeah, I could see them doing that since, you know, like, the, all, the, all the indie promotions, like, to run, a, you know, they, WrestleMania has become, like, this big, this big convention, you know, so I could definitely see that happening. I mean, I know ECW did have a pay-per-view in New Orleans once, like, 15 years ago. They had a November to remember there. So uh, and I don't know if they like did any other like TV tapings or house shows over there. So, but um, you know, so I mean, there's probably, you know, there's probably a lot of ECW fans there. But uh, 
like I said, the end of the House of Hardcore, you know, since I had never, you know, like I said, me, not, never having been to an ECW show, you know, seeing all the ECW guys in the ring, you know, it's like, you know, for me, that was, that was really cool, was, you know, just to see, like, Dreamer and Funk and the Dudleys, you know. Uh, Spike was there, too, you forgot to mention him. But, uh, you know, so it, was a really, it was a really cool moment. I didn't expect Beulah McGill kind of to show up either. And, um, you know, but, you know, but she got, what was it? I think it was Lance Storm that closed line that she did. She, there, there were a few injuries. She did get a concussion from that. And, of course, X-Pac got, I think he got, he got some stitches in his head after taking that stiff uh, ladder shot from, from uh, Terry Funk. Now, Terry Funk swinging a ladder would scare the hell out of me if I was in the ring with him. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, because... I guess I was, you know, I was, I mean, I was in the room with him, and he was, he, you know, he was a great guy, you know, great, you know, great guy, you know, he was a really, a really outgoing guy, you know. Was, you know. giving him twenty bucks for an autograph, he better not throw a ladder at you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You get, I know. <laughs> but yeah, no. So you know, I mean, I even got to tell Tommy Dreamer, how, you know, how, how much I enjoyed the first show. So you know, I said, you know, I was probably just as great, and he, you know, he, you know, he, he, he appreciated the, uh, he appreciated the praise. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely on to something. I mean, he's definitely, the, the shows, I mean, you get your money's worth going to an HOH show. You don't walk out of there uh, being disappointed or being annoyed that, that you spent the money or, or took the trip. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely worth it going there. You know, some indie shows I've gone to, you know, it's, they're not the best shows. Sometimes they go on too long. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, I like going to independent shows, but a lot of times it's hit or miss. I mean, you really, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. You know, what, what Tommy's doing right now with HOH is, if, if you know, everyone's on a budget. And everyone, you know, we all know the state of the economy in, in this country. And, you know, people have to budget their entertainment and everything. You know, I think Tommy is kind of positioning himself like, if, if you're going to pay to go to an independent show, it's it's worth it to go to to House of Hardcore if you're looking at which indie promotion you want to you know spend your dollar on. Hoh is the one you should be going to see uh, consistently. You know three very good shows and on the third one an incredibly unexpected ending. Uh, I I just think you know as a wrestling fan go out next as soon as they announce the next House of Hardcore go out get tickets. Uh, between the autograph signings beforehand, the legends you uh, might be privy to meet, and the shows that are put on, uh, they're really just that they're well worth going. So, uh, you know, it's almost like the amount of guys that he gets to come to these shows, it's almost like buying a ticket to uh, like a Legends of the Ring kind of convention and then getting to see a wrestling show on top of it. So it's, it's, it's pretty incredible stuff. And, and Tony... Uh, before I let you go, you like the idea of, of you know, from TNA side of things, uh, TNA potentially, uh, you know, their work with HOH and potentially getting involved in the indie scene. Uh, I think it would be a good idea if they did that, you know, since you know that they, you know, since they're moving the TV back to uh, to Orlando or whatever, if they do like this kind of stuff, I think it would be, you know, like I say, I think it would be, you know. I think I think it could be good for them, you know. I mean, I don't know, like I know these tape uh, these pay per views are taped way ahead of time or whatever. So uh, like, as a winner, where I I have no idea. I wouldn't know, but you know, like I say, I don't know how well they do with the you know how well the past one, past ones have done. But um, I mean, you know, I, yeah, I mean, you know, Dreamer versus Bubba Ray and, and, and uh, you know, and, and one of those and a Street Fighter, what was it, the old old school theme or whatever? I mean, yeah, I I don't know. I've, 
Well, I might go to that myself. I don't know. It's, I know it's, it's like you said December thirtieth. I might go to you know. I'm, I yeah I, I think it'll be good you know I mean I'm the other thing I'm curious is like is if they're going to show if they're going to show out on Impact this week. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, where where is that tie in? Do they they reference that at all? Do they? Uh, I mean, they should, and it's, that's a really good point, Tony. You know, do they acknowledge what happened on Saturday? I mean, you know, it's the buzz of the wrestling world. Sunday morning, you know, when I woke up. And again, when I was watching it on Saturday night, I knew I was seeing something. Something cool was happening. And, you know, waking up on Sunday, it's like all over the Internet, all over Facebook. Uh, people were actually messaging me, Ken, you were there. What happened? You know, uh, it was just there was a cool buzz. There was a buzz about it. I think it would be a very smart move for TNA to at least reference that, you know, and who knows? I mean, set up that dynamic. Bully Ray is out of control. Bully Ray is just, he's, he's not abiding by the rules anymore. He just, if, if he has an axe to grind, he's going to just go out and kick someone's ass. It doesn't matter if, if they're in the impact zone, if they're on TNA, if they're in Poughkeepsie, if they're in New Orleans, if they're in Kansas City, I'll show up and I'll kick your ass wherever you happen to be. Set up that dynamic that, wow, you know, where, where might TNA show up next? I think... The smart move for TNA would, would be to reference it on TV, but that remains to be seen, and we'll check that out on Thursday night. Tony, thanks a lot for the call. Remember, you guys out there, check out com. Tony blogs on Raw, Impact, and SmackDown each and every week. Gives you a nice synopsis of all the shows. Be sure to check that out at com. Thanks a lot for the call, Tony, and we'll talk to you next week. Yep, you got it. And cool stuff, you know, Tony kind of reiterating what we're saying, you know, excitement in the air uh, with, with what's going on with TNA and HOH and, and what this might mean, uh, honestly, for the future of both companies. You know, how far can TNA go with this? Do they expand to other indie promotions? And also, how far can HOH take this? How big can HOH get right now? It looks like Tommy Dreamer is making all the right moves. Uh, you know, how huge could this company get? It's very interesting stuff. Really, something that, that you know, was cool to be a part of and, and be there. You know, something that if, if you could go into the future, could this perhaps change the landscape of professional wrestling? Could this be the, the shot heard around the world when things in the, the wrestling business change changes? That remains to be seen, but it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. And speaking of changes, there's a lot of changes going on in the WWE as we get prepared for a Monday Night Raw coming up a little over a half hour from now. Lots of crazy stuff going on, and you're hearing the rumblings, the rumors, the reports. Do you believe the dirt sheets? Do you not believe them? Are they full of it, or do they have a smidge effect? Who the hell knows? But you're hearing these rumors out there that Daniel Bryan may be pulled away a bit from the main event. Now, it looks like, you know... We're hearing the stories. He's involved with the Wyatts now. This is obviously a mid-card type feud. CM Punk is involved with this as well. Uh, the IWC, very, very sad in hearing news of this. Um, remains to be seen where exactly they're going to go with Daniel Bryant and his character. Is he stuck in the mid-card? Do they pull him back to the mid-card, then back to main event level? Who knows? But Daniel Bryant is hot. Uh, 
he's great on TV. He's great in the ring. He's great on the mic. Uh, for me as a wrestling fan, main event, mid-card, whatever, as long as he's not off TV, I'm st- as long as I get to watch him, I'm, I'm cool with where they happen to be sticking him. So I'm not overly concerned where, where Daniel Bryant will be on the card as long as I'm, I'm getting to watch him. But your thoughts on all these rumblings, Dave, of, of Daniel Bryant's status maybe uh, being, being brought down a bit. Well, the rumor is is that the reason why he's being moved out of the title picture and out of the main event scene is due to the poor buy rate that SummerSlam got where he main evented for the WWE Championship against John Cena. And the WWE is wanting to now put him off to the side for the time being because they felt that they've pushed him enough and turned him into a star where he is a legitimate threat to anybody in the, in the, in the main event scene, despite his size and his look and his stature. Um, I'm kind of disappointed that he's, that if, if they're blaming him for this, because the, the other, it takes two. And the other guy on the other side of the ring was John Cena in that match. And, you know, he sells a lot of T-shirts, the reactions he gets. I don't understand why. If, if they are blaming him for the poor buy rate at SummerSlam, then why would you put it on him? I mean, the night after the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, when they did the angle where John Cena got to pick his opponent, for SummerSlam, the whole place went nuts for him, for Daniel Bryan. They were chanting, yes, yes, yes. They do it everywhere. They go nuts for him. I mean, I went to, you know, Monday Night Raw back in Hartford in June, and the everything was Daniel Bryan. I can't tell you how many foam fingers and T-shirts they were selling. They didn't have the fake beards at the time, but he's selling merch. If he's, you know, they sometimes predicate a guy's push depending on how much merch he sells. Well, he's selling a ton of it. And if he's selling a ton of it, I don't understand why his character is not moved up further in the card. Um, I don't see this necessarily as a mid-card feud because they want to do big things with the Wyatt family, and the Wyatt family has gotten some traction since they have debuted on TV back in July. Um, I mean, if the payoff for Daniel Bryan at the end of all this is him either winning the title at maybe WrestleMania or him beating Triple H, the guy who started his bad luck run and was the guy that, you know, took his authority and took it too far towards Daniel Bryan, then maybe pushing him, scaling Daniel Bryan back a little bit makes sense. Um, and adding Punk to the mix, it, it, it could turn into, you know, maybe setting up Punk and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. We've talked about that a, a bunch of times. I still believe that's a, a strong possibility that they're going to go that route. But there are also rumors that Daniel Bryan could be wrestling Triple H at WrestleMania. There's rumors that he could be wrestling Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. Do those sound like mid-card feuds to you? Not to me, it doesn't. So I think Daniel Bryan is seen as a main event option. He's not the guy, but he's going to be a guy that works with the guy, and he's going to be somebody that they can rely on. There are a lot of guys that have been main event options over the years. Chris Jericho has made a living being an option in the main event for many, many years. Jericho had main evented with Shawn Michaels. He had main evented with John Cena. He main evented short and brief with The Undertaker, Batista, CM Punk. He's been an option, but he's been over, and he's been consistent all the time. I think Daniel Bryan is going to be a main event option. Do I think he'll get a run with the belt? 
Eventually, yes. I think he'll get a, 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 a short run with it. I don't think he's going to be setting the world on fire for six, eight months as the WWE champion. But then again, I could be wrong. I didn't think CM Punk was going to go 434 days with the title. And on top of all that, with Brian getting moved, and now the company feels that they need larger-than-life wrestlers and bigger wrestlers, that's why they're hesitant to sign Ring of Honor's Davey Richards and uh, Eddie Edwards, because they feel like they have too many indie guys, and they've already reached the status quo of smaller guys, especially with names like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk and Antonio Cesaro, who was a big name on the indies, as Claudio Castanogli. Um, they feel that they need to get larger-than-life characters, and that's why Big Show is getting this push. I think this push has rejuvenated Big Show in a lot of ways. I think sometimes it's been a little too much with the crying, and I think that they, you know, lost me on a few things heading towards him getting reinstated and rehired. Um, does it make sense that his character wants a title shot? Absolutely, because he's trying to negotiate for his job back. But I think the bigger payoff is him and Hunter, not him and Orton for the title. Unless they were to change it up and do you know, considering what took place at the end of Raw last week with the authority and now Kane being involved with them attacking Big Show, and it was basically a five-on-one, a six-on-one attack, maybe it, would, maybe it would make much more sense if Big Show didn't get a title shot and he got, found four other guys and they did a classic Survivor Series match with the authority versus a team captained by the Big Show. But I think the bigger payoff is Big Show and Hunter. And to top all, to, to, on top of all that, Going back to Daniel Bryan for a second, yes, the Internet may be upset that he's getting scaled back a little bit. But you have hope, guys, because there are rumors that he could be involved in the title picture during WrestleMania season, maybe involved in a title match at WrestleMania. Maybe he'll be involved in a unification bout. There's talks of unifying the titles. There's talks of doing a champion versus champion match. Maybe they'll throw him in there with John Cena. I mean, to me, working with the Wyatts, I like the idea, and I'm interested to see how this whole thing plays out and where it's going to go for him because there's multiple possibilities as what they could do with him, with the Wyatts, with CM Punk. But, like I said, there's rumors of him working with Shawn Michaels, Triple H. There's even rumors of him working with John Cena and having the Bellas split up and siding with their respective boyfriends as a side storyline to that particular storyline. So those all sound like mid-card feuds to me. Like I said, I think Daniel Bryan's a main event these days, and he's somebody that they're going to rely on in case somebody gets injured or need to fill in a gap that somebody else can't do but Daniel Bryan. So am I disappointed he's getting scaled back a little bit? Yes, but at the same time, I think it's not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. I mean, you know, I, I get what you're saying. You know, it, it's almost disconcerting if they're putting all the blame on the, on the low buy rates. I, I think it's unfair um, if you want to look at SummerSlam, to me, the low buy rates may be that in recent history, SummerSlam has blown chunks, and maybe people are just less likely uh, to, to buy SummerSlam. I mean, that, that could be the reason why the buy rates are low. Uh, so it, it, it's kind of, you know, disappointing if that's the reason behind it. But, you know, and maybe it's, you know, how I grew up as a wrestling fan. And, and you know, I, I did some acting, and we had a saying in theater, you know, there's no small parts, just small actors, uh, you know, meaning that, you know, whatever part you have, you know, do it to the, the best of your ability. And, you know, growing up, you know, when, when I watched wrestling, legends, absolute legends were mid-card guys. Um, and it was almost like the mid-card guys took, uh, 
took that role seriously enough where, all right, fine, I'll be in the mid-card, and I'm going to steal the show. And that's what I always appreciated about the, the mid-card and, and the, the best. You know, you go back to WrestleMania three, where, yeah, granted, the, the, the big match, the, the irresistible force meets the immovable object, Hogan and Andre, you know, that was the big marquee matchup. Coming out of WrestleMania three, what was everybody talking about? Ricky Steamboat and Macho Man Randy Savage stealing the show. Um, so I don't necessarily look at someone as talented as Daniel Bryan being in the mid-card as necessarily a bad thing. Um, as well as, you know, when I look at this, I, I think that it's good for the Wyatts, and we're trying to put over young talent. So putting the Wyatts with, with Daniel Bryan and CM Punk uh, definitely helps to beef up where the Wyatts are going to go and their role in, in future storylines. Um, you know, and, and beefing up the mid-card is not necessarily a bad thing. And, and we, we get caught up with these words and, and terms and, and mid-card and, and main event. And, I mean, to me, who cares? Who cares where they are on the card? Like you're saying, Dave, like th- these names are being bantied about that who, like Daniel Bryan, could be wrestling against. And let's just say for argument's sake, going forward, you know, John Cena is going to be involved in, in a main event at WrestleMania. And let's just say there are three other or two other matches that they consider like other main event types. But... But Daniel Bryan is wrestling HBK, and it's not considered one of the main events. Is that still a bad thing? Like, are we just getting caught up with the term main event? If, if, if HBK versus Daniel Bryan is somewhere in the middle of the card at WrestleMania, is, is that a bad thing? Is it, is it bad for, for Daniel Bryan? Is it bad for fans? To me, it's like, oh, so let those two guys go out and steal the show and... You know, hopefully you get some good main events as well. But I, I don't know. I just didn't go, don't get caught up with, you know, being disappointed that my guy is not in the main event. I just want to see some good wrestling. So, I, I you know, I, I still think he's going to get a run with the title at some point. Um, like you said, he's, he's not the guy. and Maybe he'll never be the guy. But let's face it. I mean, you look back on, on, his, on, on another guy's career, you know, the Undertaker was never really the guy. And, and that guy's an absolute legend. So never being the guy in the company is not necessarily a like death as far as your career goes. I think Daniel Bryan is fine. I think they're using his popularity to help put over the Wyatts. I think it's good, at least for now, to, to, to have that in the mid-card. It, it's an interesting mid-card storyline. Um, I, I kind of like it. I mean, even... You know, case in point, and getting into CM Punk and even him being involved in the storyline, I kind of, when, when CM Punk was wrestling Curtis Axel, I kind of wanted to see CM Punk win the IC title. Just to see what he'd do with it. You know, short run with it. I don't look at that necessarily as a step backwards. Like, let him take that title and, and elevate it. So, I mean, CM Punk's very talented. He's still on TV. He's still on the, the show. If he happens to be involved with the Wyatts right now, I don't know. I, I just it, it, you get too caught up with the the labels of someone being a mid carter or someone being a main event. Just uh, you know what I you know what I'm hoping for wherever they are, whether CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, or main eventing or in the mid card. What I want really is when I spend money on a pay per view that I get three hours of entertainment. That they can give me three hours of quality entertainment. And if that means sticking some of these guys in the middle of a pay-per-view and then have the other guys doing the main event, 
I'm okay with that as long as when I fork over my money, I get my money's worth. And speaking of, of things changing and things being different and, and the WWE kind of in a state of flux, and you brought it up, brought the name up briefly, Dave, but wow, you know, all the, the costumes and ring attire and looks that you could have thought to, to expect when Kane's music hit was not even remotely expecting him to be wearing a suit. I kind of like it. It's something out of left field. It's completely different. I, I like when they turn something on their ear. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what we'll hear out of Kane um, going forward in this new corporate role. But I think it's something different and kind of cool what they're doing with Kane. I thought it was brilliant when it came when, when it happened last week. The internet's been a buzz about it, saying they've ruined the Kane character, you know. But the internet complains that there's that that you know the people you know they need to switch things up a bit. I said it a few months back when he was starting to work with the Wyatts. I would have loved to have seen you know him come back and kind of be a part of their cult and change his look up a little bit. But instead, he's come back and he's now you know Triple H's you know director of operations and a part of the authority, and he's changed his look up a little bit. He can always go back to to, to the mean, scary monster Kane. I mean, we saw the Undertaker do it with, as the American badass, the motorcycle you know version of his character, and he switched it up a little bit and it worked for that time frame okay people didn't stop watching undertaker when he was out there as the motorcycle did they want to see him as the original yes absolutely but i think this is 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 nothing but a good thing for kane and it shows that he's not so one-dimensional being the monster that he is but then again he has grown as a character in the past 17 years he's been on television he went from not talking to having no to, to, to having very little voice and using a voice box to not needing the voice box at all and talking regular to having his you know a mask that shows part of his face, to taking off his mask, to having no hair, to you know, putting his mask back on with hair after he had no hair five months prior. I don't know how you can grow long hair, but you can do that. And now he's, you know, corporate Kane. I mean, he's had some comedy to his character in the past. He's been the same monster, ruthless Kane that he's been before. He's loved The Undertaker. He's hated The Undertaker. He had a girlfriend at one time that he killed the car accident. He's done it all. He's had a, a, a large range of motion in his character. And I think this is something different and new. People complain about change that they don't see enough. Now you're seeing it, you're still complaining. I think this is I think this is good for him, and I like this a lot. And I'm really interested to see how far they're going to take this with him. And what's the payoff for him? What's his reason behind joining them? That's what I'd like to know. And the thing is, like, I don't think they ruined the Kane character. And Kane's, Kane's talented, and Kane uh, you know, doesn't get enough credit for how good he is. I, I think he's very good. He's, he's one of the best big men ever. And, you know, they, they could set Kane on fire one night and, and the, the, all of a sudden there's, there's remnants of the suit backstage and then he comes back in, in the old Kane garb. I mean, to, to say that, like, the Kane character is, is dead, there's no way. They could bring back The Undertaker and The Undertaker could, could tell him that he lost his soul and, and bring back uh, the, the essence of Kane. So to, to say this killed the Kane character... I don't think so, and, and he's talented, and they, they could figure out a way to bring back the, the devil's favorite demon uh, at some point. I think it's cool, and it's something different, uh, and, and again, it, it's piqued my interest. I, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing him cutting a promo in this new corporate role uh, just to see uh, you know, what, what, how he's going to deliver this promo. 
a little bit of breaking news, uh, and our, our friend cameraman Carlos uh, is hooking us up with some news, but uh, Dragon Gate signed uh, Chris Hero for this weekend. This will be his first match since being released for the WWE. Uh, he'll be dressing at, wrestling at the G, DG USA Live IPPV, the internet pay-per-view, from Brooklyn uh, this weekend. Uh, they're actually in the process right now, as I'm getting the support, rebooking the card. Uh, I guess they didn't expect to sign him, so uh, they're looking to get him an opponent, and uh, they're going to rebook the card and get out that information ASAP. So, uh, you know, people may have been upset that Chris Hero uh, got released by the WWE, but looks like he's finding work right away, so good for him. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. All things wrestling, what do you want to talk about? Let's go out to the phones. we got Mikey on the line. Mike, are you there? Yes, I'm here. And uh, information, the information's wrong because this Saturday night, Chris Hero will be wrestling the Hurricane at PWS Pro Wrestling Syndicate. So oh, it's I... not going to be the first um, match for him since WWE released him. Okay, I'm going to follow up on that. But what do you got for us otherwise? I've, I've heard that he's wrestling uh, Hurricane as well um, through through other reports. But um, there are two days in a weekend, so he might be working one day with Hurricane and another day with Dragon Gate. So uh, just no, he is that. no, he is working with Dragon Gate on Sunday. But my point my point was that it's going to be his first appearance since they let him go, and I think they dropped the ball the ball letting Chris Hero go. Um, you know, knowing Chris Hero very well, I think they dropped the ball. He's very talented. And you talked about mid-card before. How about Hacksaw? Oh, Jim Duggan. He was a mid-card. He was a big old mid-carder. And, and, look, what, and look what happened uh, to him. He became one of the successful wrestlers, and people loved him all over. And his eyes are still crooked, but I guess he's trying to straighten them out. But, you know, look at what happened to his career from a mid-carder. Jake the Snake Roberts mid-carder, too. You yeah, know, I mean, so. I'm right with you, Mike. I, I don't get, uh, you know, I don't get caught up with, with the labels of, of whether someone's a mid-carder or a main eventer, as long as uh, they're on TV and they're putting on a good match and, and I'm getting uh, entertainment, I'm getting value for my entertainment dollar. I, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. And I, and I do think that, you know, sometimes with the WWE, they pull per- people down just to bring them back up. You know, maybe this is, you know, I, I just, I, I don't think that this is the last we're going to see with Daniel Bryan going after the WWE title. So sure. it remains to be seen, but uh, I don't necessarily look at this as, as a bad thing because right now in bringing Daniel Bryan back a little bit, you're elevating Big Show where, you know, Big Show's been a company guy for a long time. I, I don't mind seeing him get a, a title shot, and you're helping out the Wyatt family and, and putting those characters over by involving uh, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. So I, I think these are all good as far as uh, WWE programming as a whole. It's just, you know, let, let's see how everything unfolds before we, you know, chit all over it. I agree. I definitely agree with you on that. You know, as long as we stop seeing Big Show cry, I mean, give me a break. But anyway, as long as we stop that, and we get on to some real wrestling. Daniel Bryan is one of the most talented wrestlers out there today, and he continues to to move people with this yes movement, and and they and they, and they absolutely love him. 
And I think mid-card, like you said, there's no labels. It should just go out all war and let's just do the thing. Friday Friday is going to be a very special day in the history of wrestling. Friday is Macho Man, ooh, yeah, Randy Savage Day. And you wrestling fans, or when people say marking out and everything, you know, you were talking about, speaking of marking out, you were talking about how Bubba Ray Dudley got his, got his book signed. You know what? He's a mark. Well, his real name is Mark, but he's a mark, you know? So let's, let's hear it for him, big mark of the week, I guess. You know, you want to talk about, now, if someone from the independent scene did that, they would be called a mark. But a pro wrestling guy like him, he just gets away with it, I guess, huh? No, it's a good point, but I guess, yeah, you're, look, I'm not going to tell Bully, right? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you know, my my whole point is is that, like Haxley Jim Duggan said in his book, he hates the term Mark and so do I. I think that's bull. I think, I think you're a fan of people, you know, this is how everybody got into the business, by being a fan. But like I was saying earlier, Get your Macho Man DVD t-shirt on. I mean, get your Macho Man DVD out, watch it. Get your Macho t-shirt out. I'm definitely going to be posting the picture of my stuff because it's Macho Man Day, um, yeah, Friday, the 15th, Macho's birthday. It's going to be be a a fun time. Oh, yeah, for all. (laughs) And I'm looking forward to Monday Night Raw. I, I, I can't believe Kane came out in a suit. I, I think that's absolutely, utterly stupid. But you know what? Just like Val Venus when he came out in the suit. Mr. Morley, he wanted to be uh, all righteous in the suit. Give me a break. I think corporate king's stupid. You know what I mean? It's something different. It's something unique. Like, aren't you at least a bit curious to see, like, where they're going to go with this storyline? I, I think it's, I don't know, Magic said to me, Magic said, when I, when I told Magic the story, I said, well, what did Kane come out in a suit? You know, if you want to come, have him come out in a suit, have him come out in like a whole red blazer suit. He'll come out like a John Laurinaitis suit from hell suit, kind of, or maybe would, ripped up or something. That would be dumber than what you're saying. Let me tell you something, Dave, all right? You want to talk about dumb, okay, Dave? Give me a break, all right? Dumber than what I'm saying. Let me tell you something, Dave. I speak the truth. And okay. the truth, okay, Dave? And, and I try to bring hilarity to the table, which I always do, deliver early to the home run with it. Okay. And my whole point is this. Uh, what's his name? Kane, whatever his name is now, he's going to change his name, I heard, whatever. Tonight on Monday Night Raw, when he comes out, we'll we'll see the reason behind it. It makes no sense. The guy was abducted by the Wyatts. I would have kept him with the Wyatts. I would have not made him Stephanie's play toy. Oh, I agree with you there. They, they should have at least there should have been a follow up in that case with the Wyatts. Maybe maybe, there, maybe there's a tie in with the Wyatts and the Authority. We'll, we'll maybe, have to find. Maybe the Wyatts are working for Stephanie. Maybe Stephanie's sweet Abigail. Who knows? Maybe. Whatever. Maybe Stephanie is her sweet, whatever, and Abigail. I, I don't know. I'm just saying that's how, what I think. I, as a wrestling fan, I think it's stupid. I mean, you guys may love it, and everybody may love it, but you know what? I don't think, I don't think it's the right move. It wasn't the right move. I don't know. I mean, it just, to me, it came out of nowhere. He comes out in a suit. He's a monster. He's supposed to raise hell for Stephanie, not come out in, in, as a corporate guy. It doesn't make any sense. Especially him, who's not all there. You know, I mean, come on. This is a guy who used to play with fire. Now all of a sudden he's playing with uh, business cards. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. You know, 
I don't get it. But you know what? Like I said, everybody everybody loves wrestling for a reason, and this is the way it's going to be. But anyway, guys, thank you for my time. As always, PWS this Saturday night. Magic and I will be there. Don't know. Don't know. Don't, you know, don't expect too much from us. Maybe we'll just sit there and or talk to our old friends. You know, the insane clown posse is going to be there. BWO is going to be there. So I'll definitely be there with my BWO shirt on because I love BWO. But I will talk to you guys. Have a nice week. And uh, thank you again, guys. And talk to you soon. Take it easy. Thanks a lot for the call. Take it easy, Mike. Man, it seems like we're, maybe, 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 maybe we're wrong. Maybe Dave and I are wrong. I, I mean, I, I just, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. We're, we're, we're screaming. People are screaming. They're in the streets holding signs. Give us something different. Why is it the same old crap over and over again? And you know, and I get it. And everyone's got their opinion. And Mike doesn't like the corporate cane. You know, and again, like maybe we're just wrong, but I, I don't, I don't understand. I, I, I think this it's is right. so different, so out of left field. No, I mean when Kane's music hit, I, I was just, you know, who's he gonna kill? You know, and I was, I was thinking that they would change his tights in some way, shape, or form, but what's he gonna look like? You know, and he, I just, I thought it was such a unique thing. I'm curious to see. How is Kane going to talk this week? Is he going to be contrite? Is he still going to kind of, kind of be the devil's favorite demon a bit, but just in a suit? Is he going to be more of just a defeated man? He's just completely sold out. He has lost his soul. The Wyatt stole his soul, and he's given it now to, to, to the authority. I mean, these are all things that I'm, I'm just really curious to see what they're going to do with Kane. More curious than I've been about Kane's character in quite some time. And everyone thinks it sucks. I don't get it. That's the $64 million question this week on the Ken Reedy show. I, I, no, I totally agree with you. I think they should at least try it. I mean, see what happens with it. It's wrong. You know? It's wrong. We're wrong. The, but, fine. Convince me it sucks. The Kane thing sucks. Let's move on to something else. What's, what's next on tap? Well, you know, we got Raw tonight. And obviously, again, one thing I am looking forward to is just seeing what we, we hear out of Kane. Uh, lots of stuff going on. Big show moving into the main event picture. Um, interesting, like, going into Raw tonight, Dave, I mean, is there, some, is there one aspect of Raw that you're really looking forward to seeing this evening? I'm, I'm looking, if there's one in particular, um, and, you know, you and I discussed this on, you know, our, our pre-show meeting, but what's, gonna, what, what's going on with the Shield? You know, two weeks ago they kind of teased a little bit of a breakup maybe, some dissension. Last week they were a functioning unit when they got involved and attacked Big Show. But, um, you know, WWE.com did a poll on who would be a future WWE champion, and uh, – Roman Reigns was the name that popped up, and there was a picture with him holding the WWE Championship. And Ken, I, I'm, you know, we're not ones to say we told you so, but I mean, 
We did say that Roman Reigns is going to be the breakout star of the Shield. And I know that sometimes WWE puts these polls out and they they say, you know, like, for instance, the, the, the poll at Night of Champions about Booker T being the greatest world champion of all time over Rick friggin' Flair, 16-time world champion. And DX was the greatest tag team of all time, I think, you know, over the Road Warriors and the British Bulldogs and the Hart Foundation. Um so, I mean, sometimes these polls um, are self-serving, and sometimes they're meant to kind of gauge an audience interest on a particular angle or storyline or a particular wrestler. But I do believe Roman Reigns is, is the breakout star, and there are rumors that he is planning on uh, turning babyface at some point. The company's planning on turning him babyface and breaking him off from the Shield, and I, as much as I love the Shield, and I think that that gimmick has been great from start to finish. Um, I mean, he's the one to break off, in my opinion. He's got. A, he reminds me a lot of Batista. Very soft-spoken, um, limited in the ring, but what he does works. It's impactful, and um, even with his even with his mic skills, doesn't say a whole lot, but when he says it, it means something. Um, and he's just got a, he's got a good look about him and, you know, a lot of his moves are done for impact and people pop for when he gets in there and he does a spear or a power bomb or whatever. So, uh, I mean, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing where the shield goes. I, I'm kind of curious too. And, and, and by the way, yeah, what well, we were right. So everyone who like, you know, Dave and I are saying that we like the Kane thing. We picked, we said Roman Reigns. When everyone was saying that, oh, Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose is a breakout star. No, we saw Roman Reigns from the get-go. And to be honest with you right now, uh, you know, that's one of my favorite things to watch in wrestling is when Roman Reigns busts out his spear. Um, it's, it's cool. It's, it's high impact. It's abrupt. It's, it's out of nowhere. It, it's just it's an exciting move. And, you know, they're, they're teasing it, and I think they're doing a good job with teasing it. I'm kind of curious what's going to be the inciting incident. Uh, you know, we've, we've had Roman Reigns kind of give Dean Ambrose a dirty look. Uh, where does that go? Uh, how does it separate? Do they turn Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins into a kind of a tag team? Does someone else join the Shield? Uh, so I, I am really curious how exactly um, – they're going to do this. And then what they're going to do with Reigns. I mean, you know, obviously the Shield has run roughshod over the roster for, for quite some time. Like, who allies themselves with Roman Reigns? Is Roman Reigns just uh, on, his, on his own, kind of a loose cannon? Um, I, I'm really, I mean, it's a good point, Dave, when you're looking forward to Raw, where exactly this is going to go. And I think this is a good thing. As much as everyone loves the Shield, and I love the Shield, and I think the Shield is a, is a great group, but... You know, I'd rather see them end the Shield a little early than, than waiting and for this angle to get stale, for those three to be together too long, and then it kind of seems forced, like, oh, God, we have to do something with these three. Let's just split them up. So I like the way they're teasing it. Uh, they're not, you know, having something, like, very definitive happen. Um, so do we see something like that? Do we see further chinks in the armor uh, so to speak, with the Shield. Uh, it does seem like right now that as far as quote-unquote security goes for the authority, uh, the Wyatt family is uh, kind of moving into, at least uh, taking a bit of a role, uh, helping out the uh, the authority. Um, no authority there tonight. Well, the authority is on vacation. Uh, Triple H and uh, 
uh, Stephanie McMahon not supposed to be there tonight. So what do we see out of the policies in the WWE? Who's running things tonight? Does does Kane have a an increased role on Monday Night Raw? All interesting conundrums going into uh, tonight's telecast. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping we get a, a really good show, but lots of question marks going in. Um, you know, and setting up, coming up soon in Survivor Series, I'm curious, like, you know, how exactly they're going to, uh, you know, set up these these teams. Are we going to have a traditional Survivor Series match going into it? Uh, lots of things going on. And, uh, you know, at least not least of which, you know, the Divas came back last night. And although uh, I did not watch it, uh, but it is a focal point for uh, WWE, do we see uh, some increased Diva action? Do we see... Uh, like you're saying, teasing of the Bellas, splitting up, uh, all things that we could see uh, happening tonight on Monday Night Raw. Really looking forward to tonight and, and what will happen. Uh, one thing that I'm curious about, and Dave, and we've talked about this guy a few times, uh, rumors, I guess, circling a rumors fact that this, this individual wrestled a dark match tonight. Very curious as far as guys that we could see being a star. and It's, it's funny, Daniel Bryan fans, are upset that this guy that that their guy is being moved to the mid card. Wade Barrett, Wade Barrett, a guy that we're high on. That I just think this guy could be a star in the making. Seems like you know he's 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 in, he's out, he's in, he's out. You know, curious if we see anything in the next few months with them repackaging. Bill, I mean, they repackaged him already once, but. Man, a guy who's got a lot of talent. What do you do with Wade Barrett? I, I mean, I don't know. To be honest with you, I I said this I said this a little while ago. In fact, I think I said this on our Money in the Bank pregame show regarding him because I picked him to win the Money in the that World Championship Money in the Bank ladder match. But Barrett, to me, like for a young guy on television back when the Nexus angle started, like he really held himself very well in in company of guys like John Cena and Randy Orton, and you know it was all a bunch of young guys as a faction trying to take over the company and trying to make a name for themselves and he was their figurehead he was their leader but he did a really good job in that role for somebody being brand new on tv and in a spotlight like that and i saw big things at least i thought i saw big things to come from him with that and he just kind of floundered i really thought that you know he was on fire in my opinion in that nexus angle the stuff with john cena the heat he was drawing he was the number one heel in the wwe at that time in my opinion um when he led the Nexus group and the stuff that he did to the WWE superstars and more importantly, John Cena, who was, you know, the, the guy, and he still is to a certain extent. Um, but, but then when they repackaged him, when he was hurt, um, you know, the plan, the rumor was that he was supposed to win a Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 28 in Miami. And he got hurt, and the idea for the Money in the Bank ladder match went away after that. And then they brought him back, and they repackaged him. And he, with, the, with those vignettes, they were almost like, you know, very Fight Club-esque with the underground, you know, bare-knuckle fighting. And I thought that they were really going to push him then. And they kind of did, but then he's like on a stop-and-start pattern. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with him, to be honest with you. I really don't. I think... I think what would be pretty cool is if maybe they brought back the Nexus. I said this on the Money in the Bank pregame. You, you, you know, Heath Slater is floundering in 3MB. You know, bring him in. Otunga, where has he been? Now he's a lawyer. Bring him back. 
Ryback. Ryback's uh, an island unto himself. I mean, is he going to be with Heyman again, or is he going to flounder and do something different? I bring Ryback back in. You got Justin Gabriel. He's done nothing. Bring him back. You got Gabriel, Otunga, Slater, Barrett, Ryback. That's six right there. Who's this? Darren Young. All right, well, Darren Young's kind of doing his thing in the primetime players. Leave him with them. So you got six guys that are former Nexus members. You bring back the Nexus, and maybe you have, like, a Paul Heyman lead the Nexus of some sort, and they get the rub with Heyman, and these guys are more seasoned now that they've had a few years under their belt on their own and make the Nexus a bigger deal again. I mean, that that seems to be, to me at least, what would get people talking again about Wade Barrett if the purpose in this whole thing is to push Wade Barrett, but, I mean – that's just an idea just to throw out there. I don't think they would do that, but, I mean, Barrett's got the talent. He can talk. He can work in the ring. I just I don't know why they've gone back and forth on him. I don't know why. I mean, I don't get it. Yeah, and, and I like your idea about bringing, I mean, you know, Ryback could use it as well. Uh, they could be a really strong faction. Factions are obviously making a comeback. I mean, why not? I like the idea of Heyman leading them. Um yeah, it's it's just weird. I mean, you hear about him wrestling a dark match uh, tonight. Um, you know, does he show up at some point on the telecast? I I I don't get it. I mean, he was a little bit rough around the edges early on. Um, great on the mic, and I agree with you. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question that he was the the top heel in the company, and uh, it just seems like they they can't find something for him. It's it's just really. Odd. Who knows? I mean, I, I, you know, he's a guy that I'd like to see uh, a little more on TV. Or I should say a little more on TV at all. Um, so, you know, again, when, when wrestling fans get upset, oh, you know, they're hearing Daniel Bryant's being moved to the mid-card. But at least he's still, he's still there and he's still relevant. Uh, you know, a guy like Wade Barrett, who I think has got a lot of talent. And if I'm going to criticize and say that, that people aren't being used correctly, I'm not going to really look at things and say, well, where they are on the card. Uh, you know, determines whether they're being used correctly. To me, it doesn't matter where it is. You pull someone completely off the card and off the, off the TV, then you start to wonder, all right, well, what, are they, what exactly are they doing? And if, if I'd criticize, I'd criticize uh, as far as with uh, Wade Barrett. And I, I hopefully going forward we see uh, something more with him. But looking forward to Monday Night Raw tonight. It's amazing, Dave, you know, getting ready – Getting ready. We got about a minute left of the show. You know, we're we're already talking about it's being planted, booking WrestleMania 30, uh, lots of fantasy booking going on all over the internet. Curious to see, you know, what seeds will be planted going forward, if any, tonight. But lots of questions need to be answered, not least of which, what is Kane's involvement authority? Looking forward to tonight's Raw, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, they're going to be in the, the U.K. tonight, so it should be a pretty big show um, overseas, and that crowd's very boisterous. I wouldn't be surprised if we got a Fandango appearance and everyone began Fandangoing again. So it should be a fun show. And I think we're going to see little bits and pieces of seeds planted towards WrestleMania season, per se. Well, hey, guys, thank you all for tuning in. Our callers, thank you for being a part of the show. We'll be back next week, as we are each and every Monday, 8 o'clock, pre-gaming Monday Night Raw. Thank you all for your support. For Dave, I'm Ken. Everyone have a good night. Enjoy Raw. Take care, everybody.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.